Welcome to School Nutrition Dietitian. I'm your host, Dahlia Kinsey. I work with programs all over the country as a registered dietitian and school nutrition specialist to save operations time and money on everything from employee training, social media marketing, and wellness programs. Every week, I bring you tips, tricks, and inspiration from fellow professionals in school nutrition and related fields. This week, we have Ladarius Madison on the show. A lot of what we cover in this episode, we won't be able to practice until social distancing restrictions are lifted. But then again, a lot of these principles can be applied to expanding your network digitally. So as you listen to the interview, think about ways that you could apply this advice to networking online, since honestly, that's all any of us should really be doing right now. All right, let's jump right in. School nutrition dietitian here on a mission to show you fruits and vegetables can be super delicious. Eating healthy keeps you healthy on the inside. Keep your stomach satisfied and keep a clear mind. Now you're ready for your academics. Focus, time to handle business. Breakfast, you don't want to miss it. Help your body to replenish. Clean food, clear mind. That is the vision. Tune in to the school nutrition dietitian. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, Dahlia. How are you? Really good. I'm excited that you were able to make some time for me because I feel like you are the networking mastermind and people can really benefit from hearing what your approach to networking is. And I think it's more of a mindset thing because it may be not, isn't necessarily about having a bunch of tricks up your sleeve. It's more about genuinely connecting with people. But I don't know anyone who knows as many people as you do. It doesn't just know names like you actually know people. So I thought <laughs> bringing you on to talk about networking would just be the perfect fit. Absolutely. I totally agree. So <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to share what I have. I don't know if it's going to be beneficial or not or useful, but I would like to think that it is. It has been beneficial for me, of course, in a number of ways. But yes, I'm happy to share everything that I have and all of the things that I've learned over the years about networking with you and your group. (laughs) Because I definitely think it's useful. It's funny, they mentioned it a lot in my undergrad program that networking was like essential, that dietetics was a small community. And then they never said how you do it. And Mm -hmm. it, it really isn't that complicated if you think of it as just being interested in getting to know people. But I was Mm -hmm. under the impression that networking was going to a meeting, wanting something from other people Mm -hmm. and maybe Mm -hmm. like just giving all kinds of people your card, whether or not they indicated that they had an interest in the service that you provided or or needed anything from you. And so it kind of had creepy connotations for me. It just didn't feel authentic to me. And I'm a real introvert. So I usually like to talk to a very small number of people at a time. I know all Mm -hmm. my friends very well. Like I don't really have any casual acquaintances. I've grown up enough to let to stop telling people like, oh, we're not actually friends, we're acquaintances. I, I now realize that's 
socially unacceptable here in the States. That is actually something I used to do when I was a kid. Did that go over well? But I was like, girl, I don't know why you're getting all upset. We're not friends. But um, I now know that's not a thing that you say. In some cultures, people really make you wait a long time to be considered a friend. But in America, mm-hmm. we're so friendly. There are all these blurred lines about work boundaries and personal boundaries. Mm -hmm. Do I have to really like everybody I try and collaborate with in business? So what is your take on that? What is the mindset that you take into networking or what does networking mean to you? So when I first got into networking, it really, my first introduction was really in undergrad, much like you. They say, oh, you need to get out there, put your name out there, meet these people. But they, the way that we viewed networking at that particular time was much like you said, you go to a meeting, you hand out business cards, you dress in a suit. It was like a formal, informal way of meeting people. And it just kind of really did not seem authentic. And so over the years, I think really the way that I have mastered it has just really been to just make it a very personable and enjoyable experience. One of the things that I've tried to do really when it comes to networking is just try to find different ways to connect with the people that I'm trying to network with. And that could be in any type of capacity. You know, it's really just a conversation with someone and being how you typically are. I know you mentioned like you're an introvert. I, my personality is a very extroverted personality. So going into a, a, a room where I don't know anyone, is, even though I'm extroverted, it can be a little bit intimidating, but I also use that as a sort of like an energy to sort of try and connect with more people, if that makes sense at all. Anytime that I am, any, any interaction that I have with people, whether it's in work or just meeting different people or following people on social media, at some point, I try and connect with them and see, you know, just kind of learn more about them. And when you learn about people, whether it's, it can be anything, and we just kind of take that and use that as just the the entry level and then build on that moving forward. A good example would be other dietitians. So I always talk about my first time meeting one of the other dietitians named Kim Rose. She does her online tutorials and everything clinical. She's a dietitian in Sarasota, Florida. But one of the ways that I connected with her was at the particular time, I was looking on YouTube trying to find videos for how to calculate tube feedings as I was preparing for the RD exam. And her videos popped up. And I said, well, if she has videos, let me just look on Instagram to see if she has an Instagram, you know, page. She had an Instagram page where she was promoting her tutorials on Instagram. So after probably watching about one or two of her videos, I literally, all I did was I wrote her in her DMs and said, hey, your your videos are very helpful to me. I'm on my second attempt at this RD exam. What tips do you have to help me study and prepare? And literally, she responded and sent me her number. We started out texting, then we started out calling each other, and then we started following each other on Instagram. And now, as you clearly see, she has turned into one of my best friends in the industry. Like, I can call her anytime. And it just went from there. She gave me her advice, and I, I was very candid, very open about it, told her what my struggles were with the exam, and she responded to those. And that's sort of the way that I do it with everybody. So, you know... 
You're be, just transparent. If, if there is yeah, something very that you plan. do need from the person, you don't try and like butter them up first. You just come right out yeah. with the ask. Yeah. Absolutely not. You know, because we have the generation now, like everybody's out to do something. We all have our jobs. We all have these things that we want to do on the side. But so if you come up to someone and say, hey, you know, oh, you're Dahlia, the school nutrition dietitian. Like, I know about what you do, and I follow your, your podcast, or I follow your Instagram. If this is somebody that you've never met before, you automatically, at least for me, I automatically start to think, like, what do they really want? Well, what's the connection? And then eventually right. it'll come out, you know. And, and But it's not to say that that's a bad thing, because in the conversation you realize that, hey, they have some things that you can benefit from, too. You know, they may be a right. photographer or they may be a videographer or they may know how to do commercials or anything, but something that you can use for your platform as well. It can go both ways. And that's kind of how I do it. And I've been like that. Oh, now forever. It seems, it seems like forever. (laughs) I know you've said before too, you don't even go in wanting something. Like if you're going to an event that that's a big difference too. I'm sure that takes a lot of pressure off. You don't need anything. You don't want anything. You just want to, get to know people, period. Yeah. And yeah, I think some people try and predict what they could get out of the relationship before they attempt Mm -hmm. to establish it. And that Mm kind of comes across like, Mm -hmm. oh, this could be mutually beneficial, which in some contexts, that's great. That's all you need. But I don't see how that could happen in a lot of cases. It's not going to be Mm -hmm. clear in some cases why you would want mm-hmm. someone in your life. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like how you go in just genuinely talking to the people you're interested in. Do you ever find mm-hmm. some people that you kind of know, eh, I, this is a pass for me. I don't know that I would want to connect with that person. Even if I think there's something that could be in it for me, I'm really trying to connect with people that I genuinely like and find interesting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So same thing, like when I go into places to meet people, it really just starts off as just a basic conversation with just, hey, I'm from Alabama. Where are you from? Oh, I went to school here and studied nutrition. What about you? Where do you live? Do you live in, you live in the city? You live out of the city? You know, just to kind of figure out, just, just establish grounds for conversation, first of all. And then as you kind of sort of go into it more, at least for me, as I kind of go into it more, the, the questions sort of get a little bit more specific. And what I'm looking for is just an all-around good person and just kind of what they're offering, what their value system, the things that they put pride in, and just watching their body language as well, trying to figure out, okay, when they talked about this, I've seen them light up a little bit. So let me ask a, a couple more questions about that and kind of see where we can go next with the conversation. But just really just paying attention to the people and just letting it be almost like a natural flow of conversation. It doesn't sound rehearsed. Just kind of let your hair down and just be normal as normal as possible at least you know even though that's it's a, a good it's point easy. normal as possible <laughs> yes as normal as possible because of course it, it, it's to be expected that when you walk into a place and you don't know anybody it's going to be a little bit uneasy and a little yeah. bit nerve-wracking but my i always think to myself well if i'm here and i don't know anybody there has to be somebody else here who doesn't know anybody yeah. and my goal is not to necessarily find that person i hope to bump into them while i'm talking about while i'm moving around but even if i don't when i leave here i need to at least have met one or two two or three 
people and gotten some information, whatever type of information it is. And again, it's really just pure conversation. You can learn a lot about people just listening and what they're talking about and how they respond to certain questions. In this area, the Atlanta area, you rarely run into people who are natives of Atlanta. That in itself is a conversation. And next thing you know, we found a point of connection and that just has taken the conversation into something else. And so, oh my God, where'd you go to school? Oh, I went to Jackson State and oh, okay, I have friends that went to Jackson State and what are they doing now? What year were you there? You know, just all these yeah. things that just come up and then by the end of it, they're like, you know what? You're pretty cool. I like you. And so let me follow you on Instagram. You know, that's a new thing. Not yeah. let me get your number. Let me follow you on Instagram. And once we start following <laughs> each other on Instagram, people feel like they know you then after they done got all into your life and business. And, and it just <laughs> kind of picks up and go from there. You that know, people were true. I think it's more yeah. like it's a buffer, right? Like, I don't know. People are real cagey. Well, millennials are very cagey. And I'm sure... Gen Z people <laughs> about their phone number like that is yeah you don't want to give it to just anybody or even I understand if somebody gave me their number for one purpose I'm not gonna keep it unless they said something to imply that I should like a coworker, especially or something if they have to give you um their personal self for a reason I'm not just gonna assume oh now I have it I can use it all the time because <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's not a thing really anymore. And there's so few people I talk to on the phone. It either has to be someone like a close friend who lives out of state or my mom. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's the whole list. Like sometimes yeah. I talk to my husband <laughs> on the phone, but that's it. Like even my very close friends, we all text. And so I'm always afraid. Oh, what if I give my number to somebody who, likes phone calls I don't know and then I'm like what if this person that I like wants to talk to me when I'm tired of talking maybe these are introvert problems yeah that's probably introvert problems but yeah because yeah, I give my number to everybody I was telling my mom a couple of days ago I was like I probably need to change my number she was like why I said mom because my number if the people want to get me they everybody has access to me I'm telling you people will write me on Instagram and say oh my god I've been following you I've been following your story Oh, you're so inspirational. I just want to know if you ever have time to talk about studying for chemistry or studying for the exam or how you decide you want to get in public health. And rather than say, rather than hit them right back in the DMs and be like, yeah, shoot me a message and we can talk about it. I'll respond right then and say, here's my number. Call me when you get a chance. Wow. And they'll be like, what? Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, I give my number deal. out so freely. That is a freely. very big deal. You're, you're I give my number out so free. Maybe that's yeah, an I, introvert rule. I don't know what my problem is, but no. <laughs> but I did know as soon as I met you, just the way. So we'll just give some backstory. So you connected using technology to my mm-hmm. director because at the time you were thinking mm-hmm. maybe you had some interest in working in school nutrition. School nutrition. Mm-hmm. And or in general more leadership positions and food service management, which you're already in a leadership position in food service management, but since you're working on your PhD, you were looking at other things. But you came mm-hmm. into the office and I don't know, sometimes you meet some people, you're just like right away Oh, this person needs to be my friend. So I was fine with giving you my number, but I'm very stingy with it. So don't be fooled. Yeah, Yeah, it's totally fine. But that's how, you know, I I rarely go any place and 
I don't make a connection with at least one person. And I've just always been, my grandmother taught me a long time ago. She always said, it's nothing. It takes nothing. It doesn't hurt you. It don't cost a thing to greet someone in the morning with a smile Mm -hmm. and to open your mouth and speak. And so I've always had that engraved in my mind. And so whenever I'm going into a new place, whether it's even like when I came to y'all's office, when I walked in, did I think that everybody would respond to me? Absolutely not. But that wasn't up for me to decide. I still went in with an open mind and smiling. And, you know, and people respond to that. Like people respond to when they feel like you're a nice person, when they feel like they, like you're being sincere and genuine, they respond to it. And it's not an act because again, that's just, that's how I was raised. And so I always, I'm always going to come in and say good morning and thank you. And yes, ma'am. And no, ma'am. And if some, if I have to, to get to your office, I have to stop at the lady's desk at the front. I'm not going to stop there and say, oh, I'm here to see Miss Dahlia. Like, I'm going to say, good morning, how are you? I want to introduce myself. And then when she, when she lets you know I'm there, when you come and get me, I'm going to say thank you. And when I leave, they say, oh, he's so mannerable. He's so nice. And I'm thinking to myself, like. <laughs> That's just you being just, yourself. like being Yeah, like I'm just doing race. what people do. It's just so refreshing and it could also be us being in the south you know we're very particular about manners like Uh I had to work in a kitchen today and I served elementary school students and there were all these thank yous and ma'ams and I was just very impressed I was very encouraged to see that we're still doing that and there were a couple of munchkins in the back that just said yeah and I was like what is happening which (laughs) technically that's fine (laughs) But I was like, are we breaking protocol now? Where's your mother? But it made me feel very old to feel like, I don't know who he thinks he's talking to. I'm a male. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Uh but yeah, I wonder if you get that super positive response because we still love traditional manners down here. And I don't Mm -hmm. think I'm a very traditional person in a lot of ways. But when it comes mm-hmm. to yes, ma'am, and please and thank you, oh, I'm I am all about that. It makes me all about so that, yeah. uncomfortable not to say yes, ma'am, to a stranger mm-hmm. who's not a lot younger than me. You have to be so much younger than me for that to be okay. I think even if you're mm-hmm. probably 15 years younger than me, I still owe you a ma'am if I don't know mm-hmm. you. But then mm-hmm. I was thinking the other day, is that even appropriate now? that you really need to ask people, like, what are your pronouns? And I'm like, here I am saying, ma'am, and I don't even know if this person is cool with she and her. So I Mm got to think about that. But, you know, old habits die hard. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah. So, but all of that, and even though that's sort of a little bit different from where we were initially with the conversation, all of that still plays a big part in it because I'm the same way. Even when I meet people, you know, if they're older than me or if they're of age, if I don't know, it's just a respect thing. I always use titles. I'll say Dr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so. And if they even say, don't call me that. Oh, just call me Jenny. If they're older, I'll still say Miss Jenny. And I, I put it back on my grandma and say, oh, child, because if I say that and my grandma was to hear me call you Jenny by your first name, like she's going to have a fit. So I still have to just say Miss Jenny. And that's the way. And they're like, oh, it's fine. And then they, they go with it. But, you know, I can't think of one single place. I have had a few jobs now. Yeah, I've had a few jobs. And I can't think of a single place that I have worked 
even the place that I worked that I didn't even like, the job that I have before I have now, even when I worked there and I wasn't happy, I still have people there who always call me and say, hey, you need right. to come and check on us because we miss you down here. And I hated that job, but and you form the same thing. everywhere you go. Exactly. And that's the thing because I connected with them on a much, on a much more, on a personal level. Like my, I have two nurses. Miss and Miss Ann, they they had children who were my age and they had a daughter who was not. We were the same age and a son who was a little bit older and he was get in pharmacy school. And so we talked about that all the time. Like she was just like, oh, I can't connect with him because he's so aggravating. He's always got an attitude. And I'm like, he's in pharmacy school, you know, and I'm talking to her and I'm like, and this is what he's thinking because I know as a doctoral student, when I'm stressed out, this is what I'm thinking when I'm talking to my mom. Like, you want go. us to make these grades. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't have time. Like, I got to make these grades, and yeah. I'm broke. You know, I'm 30 years old now, and I'm still in school, and you talking about stuff that, in my mind, ain't really relevant right now. <laughs> but she was like, you know, I never even thought about it like that. And I met him and everything. And she was, when I met him, she was like, this is the one who's helping me communicate with you better because and <laughs> next thing I know, me and him became friends. He was like, oh, yeah, I heard about you, this and the third. So th another connection at my WIC job when I worked for the Department of Public Health, just making sure that you express gratitude and thank yous for the people who have helped you along the way. And that's another right. thing that I've done to stay, to keep connected with people because Cicely was the first person that hired me when I finished my master's degree. And I told her I wanted to be an RD. And she was like, okay, you do know you have to do an internship, but you need some work experience. And so she hired me as a nutritionist. And I'm forever indebted to her because if I needed to come back, if I ever needed to go anywhere, if I needed a letter of recommendation, I would call. And she was like, you ain't even got to ask. Just send me, send a link from undergrad, going back to the people who have helped you and just thanking them and saying, hey, and keeping them up to date. That's another thing that I do mm. that keeps my network expanding or intact at the same time is because whenever something else happens, whenever I get a new degree or a new accolade or I'm successful at something, I call back to the people who helped me and share and say, oh, I just wanted to update you and let you know that I passed my RD exam. I just wanted to update you and let you know I made the 40 under 40 list. I just wanted to update you and let you know that I'm about to be a new, I got a new job. And they started like, oh, I always knew you could. And you need to talk to this person because they worked in this same environment before. Do you know this person? See, or, that's a really you know, good pointer. Yeah, yeah, I think sometimes we forget that people would like to hear from you. They want to hear that you're doing well. So, yeah, that's a good one. So keep in touch and... Mm -hmm keep people updated on your good news. Mm -hmm. So a prime example with that would be when I was talking about going into school nutrition and I looked on the Bibb County website and found Ms. Sharp's email and sent her the email. She responded, which is subsequently how we met and became good friends. You just have to be open about it and speak up and then let other people sort of drive the rest of the way for you if that makes sense at all yeah so i mean totally it's, a, it's so many different things i what i what i have tried to do and what i pride myself on doing is one being transparent mm -hmm. two keeping people updated and three making sure that people know that i appreciate the things that they have done for to help me mm -hmm. and just being sure i keep those relationships 
alive and active, right. you know. Not after they done helped me out, now I don't need Dropping to work out Just making sure the relationship stays living and thriving. And it doesn't have to be one of those things that's an everyday thing. Every month you got to call them. If you're, if it just stems from the fact that you only reach out when something, when you have a big announcement to make, people still appreciate the fact that yeah. you considered them or thought about them enough to share that, you know, right. and they'll hype you up way before you even get there. That's what it is. Everything else, people been hyped you up and you don't even know it. I be yeah. calling people and they be like, oh, I heard about you. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know if that's good. Is that good? <laughs> But that's true. I bet that feels really good to hear from someone when they don't need anything. They just want to express gratitude. Like, I don't think any of us remember to do that often enough. That's something we could all work on with people in your life or even your coworkers. Because I think sometimes you can really like a trait about somebody and you assume they know it. You're like, oh, of course they know, you know, they're super generous or they're this or that or whatever. People forget to say it. Sometimes you need to verbalize these things. You need to tell Mm -hmm. people you appreciate them. It makes people feel Mm -hmm. good. And sometimes they really have no idea that you've even notice what they added to your life. So it's a really nice thing to share. And that's another way I think of showing that you respect and you care about people is that Mm -hmm. you respect the time that they've invested in you. You respect that they've made room in their life for you because we are all limited on our time. And I think that's awesome that she responded. The I think it was Rose that responded right away. Like, with her number, that is amazing. That would blow me out of the water. I'd be like, oh my God, this person is like, they're amazing. Even now, I would say yeah. if somebody told me they didn't like you, I wouldn't trust them. I would like immediately not trust them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I do. I really appreciate that. And let me tell you what else that another thing I just thought about this. I use every sort of platform that's available for me to connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, if, so if, there, if the opportunity is right there and it's for me to meet them in person and I'm going to, I take it. If I'm not available or we're not able to meet each other in person, if, if LinkedIn is the route that I have to go, I'll take LinkedIn. If uh, Facebook is the route that I need to go, I'll do Facebook. If Instagram is the route, like you have to be comfortable with just, you have to use them for what they're for. It's the right. way to connect with people. And then, but you also have to know, and you have to kind of learn this on your own, but you have to sort of know how formal and how informal to be and be very strategic. Another thing that I do, and I have even shared this with some of our other friends and colleagues, is when I send emails to people about jobs, for example, and this is about networking, you know, just connecting with people. When I email about a job or if I want to connect with somebody that I've never met, a prime example would be Dr. Hughes. I'm going to just use her for an example because this is what I did. I sent her an email, the same as I had done for Mr. Michael, kind of gave her a little background information about who I was, where I came from, what my interests were with school nutrition. But something else I did was I included a photo in it. I included a nice photo of me smiling, and that makes it, again, more personable. So now she's able to attach a face with the name and decide for herself, hmm, he has a warm, fuzzy face, or he seems likable, he seems nice. 
let me respond. But you can't do that from the other side without being able to see the person. You just kind of go out on a limb and say, okay, I'm going to respond and hope that the person's not crazy or a problem. (laughs) But when you add a picture to it, it sort of makes it less formal and it breaks down those uncertainty, those barriers beforehand. And even if nothing else, one of the things that she responded to me and she said was, she was like, give me a call at this number, this day, this time. And she also said, nice photo, by the way. So, again, we are already at the point now where it's not. I'm not afraid to call her and talk to her now. You know what I mean? Because we've right. already broken down those channels. So I do those. I just, it's just, I just try stuff. Yeah. And if it works, if it works. rejection? Work, and, and if so, how do you deal with that? You know, I'm going to knock on wood when I say this. I have never sent an email or reached out to someone and they did not respond. That's how I know that people still like that type of communication because even if they can't help me, they'll just say, hey, I don't really know anybody or, hey, I don't really know much about that. Or, But what they always, always, always do 100% of the time is if they don't know or if they don't know anything about what I'm talking about, let me connect you with this person. Mm -hmm. And I've always been sent to someone else who's able to help me, but I've never not been responded to. People are very friendly in school nutrition. Anybody I've tried to connect to in school nutrition, I can say everybody is always responding in a warm way. But somehow Mm -hmm. I still have this lingering fear that I'm going to come across a mean girl. And I don't know what I think the worst case scenario is for that. Were you popular in high school? Like, do you have no mean girl? Or I guess, I don't know how we call male bullies. I guess just bullies. No trauma from grade school or anything. Have you always been popular? No, no, I didn't. I was not popular in high school. Oh, well, let me go back. I wasn't popular in middle school. High school, things started to change after my freshman year, and I became a little bit more popular and a little bit more social. But, I mean, there were still times where, you know, I dealt with bullies and and being sort of picked on and talked about and a whole, a whole host of things. But, yeah, I just have a very different outlook on things. So, for example, when I was just listening to you make the comment about, you know, you're thinking at one point that at some point you may run into sort of the mean girl and they don't respond or if they do respond is in a nasty way. Well, guess what? If they do, oh, well, like at that point it's in your control because if it's to be an email and they respond in a nasty way, guess what? You don't even have to respond to them no more. So you ain't even got to talk to them no more. You know what I mean? So, and that's just kind of how I look at it. It's like, okay, if they respond, they respond. If they don't, they don't. And if they don't respond, Okay, somebody else will. So let me figure out who else in your circle, who else in your organization who might know about what I'm talking about. And I also think a lot of the communication is people perceive you based on, and this is just using technology, not in person, but people do this in person too. But people make assumptions about you based on how you speak. And so when they're reading these emails, if they're not put together right, if they don't sound like you're somebody of substance or you have pure intentions, mm-hmm. then they're likely not to respond. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your subjects and your verbs still need to agree. <laughs> you know, it needs to flow. Right. It needs to make sense. Like, you don't think, you know, you don't just reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm Ladarius Madison, a registered dietitian, and I'm just interested in 
what you got going on in your organization. Like they're gonna read that and say, Well, what are you talking about? Like what is that what does that have to do with anything? Right. But if I'm sending this to somebody who's a, a private practice physician in the area and I'm trying to connect with them, I would say something like, Good evening, Doctor So and so. This is my name is Ladarius Madison. I'm a registered dietitian new to the area here and trying to find other ways to expand my brand. I noticed that you have a practice that you're doing this, this, this and a third. And I was wondering, did you have a dietitian on staff? If not, would you be interested in having a dietitian on staff? And I'd love to come in and chat with you in person and talk about the services that I can provide for you and your patients. They respond and say, hey, we want somebody to talk about obesity or diabetes. Can you do carb counting? And I say, yes. And guess what? I done got me another job. Oh, have you had a positive response like that, even looking for freelance work? Yeah. Yeah, like, let me tell you, I'd be looking everywhere. I was just looking. And then, and I'll connect you with a friend of mine. Look, we about to start networking now. See, I'm excited. I think that's one of the fears that a lot of people have when they think about doing something freelance or something entrepreneurial. They are afraid of the marketing side of it or even telling people Mm -hmm. what they do. Have you ever had any qualms about letting people know what you do? Not really. People always ask me what I do because, you know, I wear scrubs to work now. And so people always assume that I'm a doctor. And so when they ask me and I say I'm a dietitian, they all, their response is like, oh, I thought you were like a, like this guy asked me at the bar the other day at Buffalo Wild Wings because I was, you know, it's a Friday and I had to decompress from the week. <laughs> but <laughs> had to get my wings. Yep. So he was asking me, well, he said, I thought you were a surgeon because the surgeons wear just those color scrubs at the hospital. And I told him, no, I was a dietitian. And he looked so disappointed. But then I asked him, I said, so what do you think? You know, I said, well, what if I had to ask you, and this is what I do with a lot of people, too. I say, so if I had to ask you, what describe what a dietitian does. Like, what do dietitians do? And he was like, oh, yeah, well, what do you like? tell people what to eat and make meal plans. And I was like, so exactly, you and everybody else think that, but let me tell you about what I do. Right. So, And when I started to get into it like that, they're kind of like, wow, I had no idea y'all did all of that. I had no idea there was a thing called medical nutrition therapy. I thought you just told people what they couldn't have. And I'm like, no, we rarely, <laughs> unless you work in outpatient or in a private practice or you are like a chef or something, I, I rarely make a meal plan. Like, I don't tell anybody what to eat or not eat. You know what I mean? But they just have these these inaccurate perceptions. And and so to go back to your question about how do I overcome that or, you know, sort of sounding too salesy and marketing it, I market it just like that. I ask people, do you know what a dietitian does? And when they say yay or nay, that's an opportunity for me to explain it in great detail. That's how I sold it to the doctors. I said, so... Do you guys have anybody who comes in and talks to your patients about the role of nutrition in combating diabetes, combating uh, congestive heart failure or COPD or whatever the case may be? And he was like, oh, well, we got pamphlets. And I'm like, and who who reading the pamphlets? <laughs> That's an excellent and he was like, well, question. Uh, nobody? Yeah, like who's reading the pamphlet? Like you gave that to them and put it in that little bag and sent them on their way. And who's reading the pamphlet? He's kind of like, well, and I'm like, you, they need, we need 
one-on-one time with them, yeah. just like you need one-on-one time with them as well. And so, you know, the pamphlet is great, but having somebody who's the nutrition expert explain to them really what's on that pamphlet or what it means, finding a way for them to connect with that based on their life, their environment, their social circle, their finances, and all of those things. You can tell people all day what they should be eating, but if the environment that they're living in is not conducive to them being able to go out and have those things, then it's not going to work. And that's the public health side of me. But when I market it like that, they tend to be like, oh, I never even thought about that. that. It's like you're also advocating for the entire profession. Because I wonder Mm -hmm. if part of the issue of why we have lost ownership or if we ever had it of the term nutritionist and had to break down and include it in the credentials. I wonder if there are not enough dietitians who challenge when, when someone makes a face like, Oh, that's all you do. Cause they're thinking like, Oh, you count carbs and you're kind of like a personal trainer type of, your personal trainer adjacent because we don't always speak up and clarify no this is what i do and you know this is a legitimate part of the healthcare field and we are major contributors and we shouldn't be seen as optional we really are fundamental to the health of the nation and to the complete care plan for most disease Mm -hmm. states I think maybe if people had less qualms about speaking up and explaining what they did, we maybe wouldn't be in the pickle that we're in. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. begging for reimbursement. Please, please, please give us. Yes. <laughs> and that's a ridiculous. whole nother reason. And that's, and again, that goes back to the networking thing. Cause even again, so that's sometimes even going to places just to let people know what I do. Mm-hmm in itself is an opportunity to network. And people always will, you know, by the time I leave, somebody will always ask for my social media handle, but a lot of people will ask for my number as well. and say, hey, I just want to lock you in just in case, you know. Last week, I was doing a tour at Cisco, Atlanta, their distribution center, and they were having a taste test of some of the products that they were going to have on the line for our facilities to be able to use now. And they have an on-site chef and all this, that, and the third. He's not a dietitian, which is totally fine. And we were just having a conversation because he came over and asked me, how did I like some of the things that was on the menu? And I introduced myself as who I am and told him where I was and what facility I worked in and that I was the dietitian. And he said he had been a chef for about 15 years. He had to get out of the hotel and, sh- and cruise ship business because he has children and he's married now. And then I asked him, I said, so do you do like food demos or anything like that? And literally all I said was, have you ever done like a lunch and learn? Because I'm thinking about my new job and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I could use this as an opportunity to do like a lunch and learn for the interns. And right. we can do, you know, have a chef come. And he was like, no, but... That would be something that would be really, really nice. What are you thinking? And then he responded and said, I don't even know if I even know a dietitian. He's like, I've never had a dietitian on my team. You said, well, you know one now. Yeah, exactly. And that was a connection. (laughs) And I have him in my phone as chef. I don't know his name because I haven't looked since last week. (laughs) This is early stages of that connection. 
<laughs> but he's a connection for sure. <laughs> but just those types of things. But it was just it just happened off a of regular conversation. He's been a chef for fifteen years. He don't know and he don't even know what a dietitian does. And I'm like, this is what we do. And he's like, you know, maybe I can utilize you. So you talked a lot about using social media and just mm-hmm. phone numbers. So how mm-hmm. do you feel about business cards in 2019? Are they totally done? Because I'm always on the fence. Like, are they over? Are they still a thing? Uh. It just depends on the population. It doesn't matter how young and how hip you are, how old you are. Like, certain things always hold weight with certain pe- with certain right. populations. LinkedIn has a function now where you can uh, turn on, find people near you. So if you and the other mm-hmm. person has their LinkedIn on, you can add them. You don't have to search. You don't have to put their name in. They will just pop up because they have it on. But not everybody keeps that app on their phone. So it hasn't quite worked out like I was hoping. We'll see. Gotcha. But I am concerned about all the extra paper and I want to go totally digital. Mm-hmm. I understand better than anybody because I, in my facility, we are still on paper charts. And so I just can't you know. stand it. I can't stand it. <laughs> Even like doing charting in a paper chart or going through the book looking like who got pro stat and oh i love planners and i love notebooks but i detest a bunch of paper in the office and especially Mm -hmm. dingy yellow paper that you have to save for whatever your retention cycle is i just want to throw everything away i love to throw stuff away so i just can't It's like a hobby. My husband knows. He's like, I'm so tired of you throwing stuff out and then realizing you need it. But it's a compulsion. I I blame mm-hmm. my <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so useful. So my takeaways are approach everybody with respect. People really respond to that. Know your audience. Use traditional manners when you feel like it's absolutely going to be appropriate. I still like the firm handshake. And I like the dinners, but in my mind, the business cards are linked to 1980s pantyhose and big shoulder pads, <laughs> and I'm not about that life. But I know they're not necessarily connected, but in my head, I'm just like, mm, mm. So I guess you really have to, like you said, focus on the person, because that comes up again and again. You're really listening more than you're talking yeah. and listening to the person you're connecting to. And then you mm-hmm. will get the information you need about how they would like to stay connected directly from mm-hmm. that. So easy peasy. Mm-hmm. So everything that we learn in school, but I tell you to sum it all up is reflective listening. That's exactly yes. what I utilize when I'm networking with people and repeating back to them everything that they say and adding my own little flair to it and, and, and then sharing something about myself that allows me to connect with them and carry the conversation a little further. But yes, exactly. All those things you said plus reflective listening are absolutely correct and necessary. Sounds so authentic and it really resonates coming from you. When I took that class, I was just like, I'm never going to use this. This is not how humans (laughs) communicate, but we were given (laughs) exercises where you literally, you were given one sentence. The way you do it is so so natural in it. Now I get it. It took getting yeah. out into the real world because in that class I was like, "This is, this is some nonsense." They broke it down a little too far. 
So anyway. Yeah. Well, the next time we get together, I'll show you. I'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do an exercise together. That would be fantastic, <laughs> actually, because you're my networking role model. So thank well, you again for coming that. on. I really appreciate it. No that. problem. Thank you for having me, Dahlia. Networking really can be fun if you remove expectations and just make an effort to get to know people. I'd love to hear what you've been doing to stay connected to your school nutrition family during this period of social distancing. Remember, the only fee for the show is that you share it with others every time you hear something useful. All right, everyone. I'll see you next time.